achievements you have done. I wish I could see you right now alive and well so that I could tell you all the things that I could do and make great memories with you. We miss you very much, Tito. You are always in our hearts. Deborah Merrick. Raymond Joseph Metz III. Jill Ann Metzler. David Robert Meyer. Nurul H. Miha. William Edward McCauley. Martin Paul Michaelstein. Patricia E. Mackley. Ronald D. Milam. Peter Tig Milano. Gregory Milanovich. Louise Thomas Molesky. Sharon Christina Milan. Corey Peter Miller. Craig J. Miller. Douglas C. Miller. Henry Alfred Miller, Jr. Joel Miller. Michael Matthew Miller. Nicole Carol Miller. Philip D. Miller. I want to just make sure we continue to uh, oh, have that in the box. Uh, That's the reading of the names. They've been at this for hours, and we're only at the M's. Also, it's unacceptable. I want to thank the audience. A lot of great comments about our coverage of this, which we do every year. It, but it speaks volumes that the media doesn't want to cover this. Right On the 20th anniversary, when something like that occurs, they're forced to. You never see the footage of 9-11, you never see the footage of the towers anymore. You never, they don't cover this wall to wall, which they should do. All the, um, the cable networks and quite frankly, the broadcast networks. Remember, they get essentially a free license. And part of that, or the free license predicated upon being a public service to, ha to have news and specials. Think about that for a second, the broadcast news. They should, they should willingly and want to cover this. Why? Why don't they? Why does no one want to talk about this? And like I said, um, you know, there's just more information out a couple of months ago about two of the hijackers being somehow a, somehow part of the CIA's recruitment program at Alec Station, right? There's another part of the report that wasn't in the 9-11 Commission report. I'll get to that in a minute. But let's go back uh, to the site. We have David Zier and a Tara Dahl with Fireman Ken uh, Corrigan. Uh, David, uh, take it away. Let's, let's get an update. from. I just wanted to add that, you know, about 70% of these illegals in New York City right now are single-aged males. You know, they're not families. They're not refugees. And they're coming here from, you know, 160 countries. Um, it doesn't take a 9-11 scale attack to inflict damage. Most of the attacks in New York City have been what they call lone wolf attacks, inspired the, the Halloween driver running over eight people on the bicycle path just a block from here in 2017, the subway bomber, all these guys, you know, uh, even, even the... Uh, Palestinian shooter in the Empire State Building in the early in 1987, I think it was. He shot one, killed one, shot six. You know, it, it doesn't take much to inflict a lot of damage here. And that's the position that Mayor Adams has put New York City and Joe Biden has put this country in, right? Especially, I talked okay. to Todd Benzman and, and Ben Burkwam last yeah, few days but, about but hang, it. Hang, hang, yeah, hang on one second. I want to play 
Uh, this is not David Z or Steve Bannon saying this. Let's play the let's play the clip from Morning Joe this morning on exactly this topic. The governor of New York, the governor of Illinois, uh, the Democratic governor of one state after another, uh, Massachusetts. These are all pretty progressive people. Are all begging the Biden administration to do something about about uh, about illegal immigration about all the migrants that are showing up in New York. about uh, and, and yet, this, this, this is what's so maddening, is, well, first of all, we need a controlled border. I don't care if there's a Republican there or a Democrat there. And again, just to put it in perspective, uh, illegal crossings were at an all-time, 50-year low when Barack Obama left the office. They exploded under Donald Trump. They continue to go up under Joe Biden. So let's just let's let's get that perspective right. This isn't a Republican versus Democratic thing because Democrats have done a lot better job than Republicans at times. But we need order at our southern border, which we don't have and we haven't had for a long time. And also, when I talk to business people, I talk to small business owners, they're like, I wish I could get some of those people I see in New York City <laughs> to come to Omaha and work in my restaurant, to, to, to come to Dallas and, and, and work in, in my, my, my business center. I mean, this is this this is the this is the the ridiculous madness you've got on Morning Joe. They admit it's illegal aliens, but now they want all over the country to drive down wages of African Americans and Hispanics. Uh, David Zier, uh, what the people in New York City, the citizens in New York City, get the security issue that comes with one hundred and ten thousand illegal aliens in the city itself, just from this wave of it. None of them really checked. Do people understand the security risk? Not just the financial burden and what's happening at the Roosevelt Hotel, what's happening with the schools. That's all also a crisis. But do they understand another 9-11 could be, uh, we could be inviting it in right now? Probably not enough. The rich people step over their bodies on the way to Starbucks here. They're hiding in the Hamptons again like they did with COVID. So a lot of people are concerned here, though. I talk to people all the time in the city. My children live live in the Upper West Side and in Soho, and my friends run restaurants here. All day, they're inundated all day with problems. Uh, The scooters, the illegal, you know, undocumented uh, drivers going on here. Um, and the crimes that have taken place, 90,000 packages a day are stolen off the doorsteps here already in New York City. Um, the Grand Theft Auto is up 45 percent in northern Queens, 36 percent in the Bronx this year alone. It's hard to differentiate what's a legal crime uh, from illegals or not because they can't even keep track of the numbers. And cops and a lot of these crimes don't even uh, get uh, reported. But I think people are starting together because it's finally affecting their life, you know, before you know, New York City was open 24 hours and everybody was partying, you know. Tara Dahl, you've been you've done great coverage, not just in Iraq and Afghanistan. You've done great coverage in the border on this invasion. Do the folks in New York City have any understanding of what's coming up to them? I don't think so, Steve, like having just covered the border. And I just wanted to comment, too, on 
you know, on uh, MSNBC there, where they were saying there's no difference between the Republican and the Democrat. Let's just compare the numbers of the migrants that have been apprehended on the foreign terrorist watch list on the southern border under the Biden administration. We're at 146 right now, and that's in the last 11 months. When you compare those numbers to the, under the Trump administration, you're at like zero. You're at uh, very low, zero, one, two, three. The highest number was six. So there is a vast difference between this administration and the Obama administration. We're at 1.7 million known gotaways, Steve, since the Biden administration has took office. And that doesn't include the unknown gotaways. And right now, the FBI is investigating an ISIS-linked network that has been smuggling in Uzbekistanis. And there is a 5,100 percent increase of Uzbekistanis that are crossing over and other uh, nationalities that are coming from these special interest countries, which means that they have a nexus with uh, terrorism. And so we are at a very vulnerable position right now. Uh, Osama bin Laden had attacked America because he perceived us to be weak. He looked at our response when we uh, withdrew from Lebanon after the Beirut bombings where we lost 241 Marines. He looked at our withdrawal from Somalia when we lost the 18 service members there. And so right now, when you look at the Afghanistan withdrawal and where we are as a nation, we are in a very vulnerable position. Our borders are completely open, especially here in New York City, where crime is and is just off the roof right now. And you can see it just walking down the streets. You know, I haven't been to New York in a long time, but you can just see it just walking down the street here of the increase in crime. And so we are in, I would say, a much more vulnerable, less safe uh, position than we were in 9-11, pre-9-11. Back to you. Tara, thank you. Uh, David, I want to go to you because for many people in our audience, what happened on 9-11 began a personal journey for them. And that personal journey is to, after you know five or ten years of seeing what happened in Iraq, but seeing what happened in Afghanistan, they start to question because they thought they were not, get, they were not being dealt straight with. The 9-11 Commission report came out, and how many pages were, were blank in that? I think it was, was it 17, 20 pages were blank in that, 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 about any Saudi involvement at the highest levels on the 9-11 Commission report? Right, right. Um, listen, we, we don't have all the answers on who knew what exactly in the CIA. And remember, there, these lines were blended, too, by our support for the Mujahideen. The Al-Farouk Mosque was recruiting for the Mujahideen in New York, which was, you know, CIA-backed funding. We gave billions. The Stinger missiles changed the direction of the war. And I guess, you know, there, there's also, you know, areas where these relationships may have continued and, and in contact with our intelligence agencies. But even guys who didn't like Bush, and I don't like the direction Bush is taken or Cheney's taken, but at the time, I believe they were blindsided. But even Richard Clark, who hated them, you know, was saying that there were big holes in, in our intelligence. Whether that was uh, on purpose or not, I can't answer that. Uh, but I think it's important to separate some fact from fiction on what actually did happen on that day, and it helps us on the journey to piece it together, right, and hold those accountable who may, including the Saudis. Let's talk about that. What, what do you recommend now, uh, particularly with a, pre a second Trump presidency in his administration? What would David's David, like I said, and, and people should know, Zier's pretty unique in that he has the entire picture of what happened from decades beforehand. What he was talking right there was 
about arming the Mujahideen was in the uh, the Soviet Afghan War, where obviously backing uh, backing uh, the uh, certain elements of uh, of uh, the uh, the Muslims came into to, to really to play to take down the Soviet Union. But what would you like to see? What do you think has to happen to get to the bottom of it? So the American people, like I said, the Pearl Harbor investigation still has many holes in it. Okay, and I've really spent time going through Pearl Harbor. It has a lot of holes in Pearl Harbor. The Warren Commission, even this weekend, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. completely eviscerates it on this incredible interview uh, by Jackie Kennedy's, one of her Secret Service agents, um, the Warren Commission. Uh, the 9-11 Commission actually didn't even address, would not touch uh, the, uh, the royal family in Saudi Arabia and other aspects of the, right. of the Saudi involvement. So what, what would you recommend needs to happen to get to the bottom of this so that the American people feel confident that we actually know what happened, who was involved, who's responsible, and quite frankly, who has to still be held accountable. We haven't held the people accountable, really, that, that were in back of the, uh, of, the, of the folks that did this. Well, we're not doing it now. And Biden's driven the Saudis away because they're uncomfortable. They joined BRICS. You know, Trump had four Middle East peace accords. Saudi opened their airspace to Israeli possible strikes and Israeli airliners could fly over Saudi space. All that's been reversed. So I don't know how you get to that level. I think somebody like Trump, who understands the dynamics and doesn't want to commit us, you know, to 20 year wars, um, you know, is is uh, probably a better answer to move forward and maybe get some honest assessment. Remember, the Saudis, we had our, you know, uh, were helping us kill Salafi terrorists in Egypt, and they were because Al Qaeda was thrown out of Saudi Arabia, operating in northern Yemen. They were against the royal family in Saudi. So I think there's a lot of blurred lines. How do you know who to trust? Um, but in a lot of ways, Saudi Arabia was an ally to the United States. We made more progress under Trump. I think that's been reversed. Um, I think unless we get an administration that's competent, uh, it's never going to go anywhere. Can you guys hang on for a second? We're going to take a short commercial break. We're going to return to Ground Zero and the continuing coverage of the commemoration of 22 years ago, 9-11. Your legacy lives on through our family, your four beautiful children, Michael, Matthew, Madison, Kevin, and soon-to-be granddaughter, your extended family of friends, and, of course, Team Shamrock with the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. We choose to remember how you lived, so fearless and full of life, rather how you sadly you left us. And we vow, we vow to never forget. God bless you, Donnie, and God... The former KGB colonel, Vladimir Putin, who, by the way, is no friend of the United States, called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS conference in South Africa, as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to fall. We call this the de-dollarization movement. Now, as demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar weakens. That is why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text Bannon, that's B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 for your free info kit on gold. 
with thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews, you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Text Bannon to 989898. That's Bannon at 989898 to claim your free information kit. Use your agency. Do it today. Isidro D. Ottenwalder. Michael Chung U. Todd Joseph Uida. Jesus Ovalis. Peter J. Owens Jr. Adianis Oyela. Angel M. Pabon Jr. Israel Paben Jr. Roland Pacheco. Michael Benjamin Packer. Diana B. Padro. Deepa Pakala. Jeffrey Matthew Palazzo. Thomas Palazzo. Richard A. Palazzolo. Oreo Joseph Harman. Frank Anthony Palumbo. Alan N. Palumbo. Christopher Matthew Panettiere. Dominic Lisa Pendolfo. Jonas Martin Panic. Um, welcome back on our commemoration of uh, the events of 22 years ago. This lives on every day. Here's why Osama bin Laden, remember, his, his attack was on Wall Street. Now, not the traditional Wall Street a couple of blocks away of Wall and Broad, where the New York Stock Exchange is, but what's the symbol of the Twin Towers, because internationally that represented uh, the, the heart of Wall Street, and that's what he attacked. His central thing was to bring down the American economy, to bring down the American uh, capital markets, to bring down basically the underpinnings of our, of our civic society, not the spiritual side, but on the, on the, uh, on the materialist side. And think about where we are 22 years later. Think about that for a second. If you had told people 22 years ago in those days after that in a couple of decades you'd have 110,000 illegal aliens in New York City with very few checkings on them, just living on the streets, living in hotels, put up by the city, running up a $15 billion bill, people would think you were insane. That's the reality. If you told people back then that we'd have $35 trillion in debt and are facing a financial crisis, they, they wouldn't have believed you. That's the reality of today. And remember, many things that we did are the law of unintended consequences. One of those is are the Patriot Act. For this audience, because this audience is made up of patriots, this audience is made up of veterans, this audience is made up of people that serve are serving today, the backbone of the country, this audience is the backbone of the country the ones that come to the defense of the country, the ones that are our first responders, the ones that go and volunteer for the military, the Eli Cranes of the world, right? But their journey of awakening, a lot of it started with 9-11. And eventually, particularly in the quagmire of Iraq, 
of exactly what what are we doing? How does this all fit together? I want to play this morning. Uh, we're going to go. Uh, I'm going to go back to 9/11 in a second. And get to David Zero, but I want to play this clip from Morning Joe, and then we're going to go to New Mexico, where the governor there took on dictatorial powers this weekend on the Second Amendment. Let's start with the Morning Joe about domestic terrorism. America's uh, Al Sharpton. One of the things that uh, I think about on today, as I said earlier to the general, is how all of us were attacked despite our race, despite our religion. They saw us as Americans and we all died in the Twin Towers and in the Pentagon. You have crusaded uh, probably more than anyone in the cabinet about the threat of internal terrorism, domestic terrorists and hate crimes and uh, you uh, just were involved. I did the eulogy in Florida on the hate crime. How important is it uh, for us to deal with on this day, remembering that there are those inside the country that raise a threat to us and that we must remember that we can have our differences but unite as Americans. And that is as much a message today as any other message that we would give today. Reverend, I, I so very much appreciate your message of, of unity. I, uh, we all remember in the days immediately following the terrorist attack of 9-11, how everyone came together. Uh, we saw American flags being flown um, uh, from cars, from buildings, uh, everywhere. We need that message of unity now just as much as we needed it then. You and I spoke following the tragic uh, killings uh, in Jacksonville, Florida. When one community is targeted in an act of hate, we all are impacted. We all are targeted. The threat of the domestic violent extremists is the most. Okay, domestic. I'm going to ask for that to be played. If they can just cut it from when Mallorca's, when when um, when Sharpton tees up Mallorca's, the specific tee up. I think we cut like 30 seconds of that. I want to play it again. Mallorca's more than anybody else in the Biden, illegitimate Biden regime, is responsible for the invasion of the southern border. And he should be impeached on this. And you can't even get the rhinos to agree on that. They have the gall. They have the gall on the commemoration of 9-11. After they've already talked about the invasion, the 110,000 illegal aliens that Mayorkas has exacerbated to make sure are in New York City, they pivot to domestic terrorism. Uh, that would be you, the, this audience. If, you, if you're keeping score at home, take your number two pencil out right now because that would be you. On 9-11, when we talk about radical Islamic extremists and others, they pivot back on the Morning Joe Show, MSNBC, to domestic terrorism and that you're the problem. You're the threat today. I just want to make sure everybody understands exactly the information war that they're running. David Zier, uh, the Patriot Act. Many or most of the people in this audience supported it when it first came up because it was, quote unquote, the right thing to do. As that turned out, do we have the law of unintended consequences on the Patriot Act and people like the Ron Pauls of the world and those that tried to warn us turned out to be right, sir? 100 percent. I was in the Soviet Union at 16 watching the tanks in the street outside the Kremlin. Uh, We have a KGB in the United States internally and probably illegally 
monitoring Americans, violating the Fourth Amendment. Um, you know, uh, it's it's uh, become something where when I deposit money in the bank account, if it's over eight or ten thousand dollars, it gets monitored. Bank of America turned over gun purchase records to the FBI. So you know, we're in this uh, type of uh, regime state. It's uh, it's but it's worse. It's like combined with a technocracy where every movement is is. And look at the FISA warrants. I mean, what were there, 40,000 FISA warrants? We know four of them were fake. That was signed off on by Comey. How many innocent Americans have been railroaded? So I'm 100% against the Patriot Act. David, hang on for one second. I want to go to Idaho to Brian Festa. Uh, Brian, you uh, filed, uh, I think, late Saturday night uh, in federal court about this situation in New Mexico. Can you walk through exactly? I want everybody in this audience to understand what is happening in the great state of New Mexico right now with this radical, out-of-control governor, sir? So, yeah, I can't even believe what's happening here because um, this is directly flying in the face not only of our constitutional rights under the preserved under the Second Amendment, but also the Supreme Court's decision in the Bruen case just last year. Uh, you know, Steve, the Supreme Court emphatically stated that there is – um, an individual right uh, to to carry, to keep and bear arms inside the home and outside of the home. And that was what was so important about the Bruin decision. And what, what Governor um, uh, Grisham did here was directly contradict the ruling in that decision, which said that you cannot place a restriction uh, with uh, on the right to bear arms uh, on the right to carry unless you provide uh, an open carry option. So concealed carry, you can have a restriction, they said, but you must provide an open carry restriction and that you can't uh, classify entire cities as sensitive places in order to ban the carrying of firearms in public. Well, what did Governor Grisham do here? Exactly that. She said because of the rise in gun violence based on statistics of crime um, that are uh, we can get into w whether or not that's even accurate. I don't think it is a lot of what she's presenting. But um, even if it is, they said you can't do that. You can't classify this as a sensitive place in order to ban the carrying of firearms. So that's exactly what she did. She issued a temporary 30-day ban, which is probably going to become if she has her way, an extended permanent ban. Uh, and she's doing this in the interest of a public health emergency. This is what was so dangerous. But what we saw um, in, in COVID during the pandemic is we saw so many uh, governors and, um, you know, other politicians saying that we sh we need to be able to restrict um, you know, movement, restrict liberty. And we predicted here at WeThePatriotsUSA.org that they would, yes, in fact, be restricting our right to protect ourselves. Our plaintiff, Dennis Smith, he's lived in Albuquerque 40 years. Um, he's a retired citizen. He's an older man. He, he says, he admits himself, I can't defend myself. I can't get away from an attacker. I carry when I go into the city. I need to be able to defend yeah. myself. Governor Christian says no. Brian, just hang on for one second. We're going to come back to Brian. He's filed along with, I think, Gun Owners of America and a couple other groups in federal court to get a stay on this. We're going to go back to the reading of the names, take a short commercial break. We'll be back to ground zero, back to Idaho to get to all of what happened Jane in New Mexico Pysor over the weekend. Jr. Edward R. Pycon. Christopher Quackenbush, Lars Peter Qualbin, Lincoln Quape, 
Beth Ann Quigley. Patrick J. Quigley IV. Michael T. Quilty. James Francis Quinn. Ricardo J. Quinn. Carol Millicent Rabales. Christopher Peter Anthony Racanello. Leonard J. Regalia. Eugene J. Raggio. Laura Marie Ragnisi Sneck. Michael Paul Ragusa. Peter Frank Raimondi. Harry A. Rains. Lisa J. Rains. Etisham Raja. Vasul Raju. When's the last Edward time you checked J. the legal Rall. title to your home? Why? Because most victims of home title theft don't know they're a victim until it's too late. Like this homeowner. She pulled onto her street and saw a bulldozer demolishing her home. Her lifelong home was being torn down right before her eyes. She was the victim of a devastating crime called home title theft. A criminal had forged his way onto the deed to her home and sold it. Now the new owner was tearing it down for a rebuild. This is why I say, if you own a home or property, get home title lock. Your home, your property, and the equity in it are your most valuable assets. It's, it's estimated that 80 to 90% of the net worth of the average American is tied up in, the ho- in their home equity. And Home Title Lock helps you protect them. Home Title Lock puts a 24-7, 365-day-a-year shield around your home's title. The instant they detect activity or tampering, they help shut it down fast. First things first, you need to verify you aren't already the victim of home title theft. Find out for free with a sign-up when you use promo code Bannon at HomeTitleLock.com. That's promo code Bannon at HomeTitleLock.com. And when you sign up, your first 30 days of protection are free. Do this today at HomeTitleLock.com. Take action, action, action. HomeTitleLock.com. Promo code Bannon. Do it today. Renda. John Armand Rio. Richard Cyril Rescorla. John Thomas Resta. Sylvia San Pio Resta. Martha M. Reski. David E. Retic. Todd H. Rubin. Louis Clodaldo Revilla Mayer. Edgevigas Reyes Jr. Bruce Albert Reynolds. John Frederick Rhodes. Francis Saviero Riccardelli. Rudolph N. Riccio. Anne-Marie Riccoboni. David Harlow Rice. Eileen Mary Rice. Kenneth Coverage. Frederick um, Rice III. You Celia see what's happening e. in New Mexico, this radical uh, governor. And remember, keep always in mind these public health emergencies. This is what they're going to use going forward. Climate emergencies and public health emergencies. Public health emergency for taking away your ability to arm yourself in a state like New Mexico that is under assault from uh, millions of illegal aliens. What is 190,000, 200,000 a month coming through the southern border? Okay, that's at a minimum. That's the touches. Then you count the, the gotaways. We have 10 million illegal aliens just under on, on Biden. By the time Biden's administration or his illegal, illegitimate regime is over, there'll be 10 million. And a, this radical governor in New Mexico 
has basically stripped away your second your ability to defend yourself. Brian Festa, talk to me about who went to court, how many lawsuits do we have, and and what are you guys arguing, and how quickly can you get a stay on this? How how quickly can you get an injunction so that until the arguments are heard out, that people can go back to defending themselves in New Mexico? Yeah, so um, we filed, as you said, on Saturday evening, also gun owners of America filed and uh, the National Association of uh, NAG, I forget exactly what it stands for, NAGR, uh, National Association of, uh, of Gun Rights, um, filed. Um, and so there's three of us that have so far filed in district court because uh, obviously this is a, uh, a violation of federal law of our Second Amendment rights. Uh, we have all asked, each of us has asked for a uh, temporary restraining order, a preliminary injunction, and a permanent injunction, as well as a declaratory judgment stating that uh, what the governor has done is unconstitutional and that this cannot go into effect. We don't even want it to go into effect. I mean, it went into effect, uh, uh, she issued this late Friday, but we're hoping, honestly, within the next day or two to get a ruling uh, we're going to ask for an emergency hearing. Um, our legal counsel actually has already, I believe, contacted the, the uh, clerk in the federal district court to uh, request that this morning. So um, I'd like to have a hearing, honestly, by the end of the day today and have a ruling uh, by this afternoon uh, or at the latest by tomorrow morning uh, to get a stay placed in, uh, put in place. It's called a temporary restraining order, TRO. Uh, against the governor uh, while this plays out in court. But we're ultimately asking for a permanent injunction and joining the governor from doing this. Uh, If the ruling is not in our favor, which I don't know how it couldn't be because the Supreme Court's decision in Bruin is so clear, uh, we will file for an emergency appeal to the United States Supreme Court. And uh, we could be before them, you know, within the week as well. Um, And if they issue a ruling in our favor, that would prevent any governor anywhere in the United States from doing something like this. I mean, it's just it's such foolishness, Steve, Uh, claiming that uh, because of the rise in gun violence, we need to ban carrying of firearms by anyone but law enforcement personnel, basically. Um, Look what's happened in cities like Chicago, L.A., New York, D.C. Has it stemmed the tide of gun violence to have the the especially in Chicago, where you have the strictest gun laws in the United States, and they have the highest rate of violence perpetrated with uh, with firearms. Guns don't kill people. People kill people. And th- this just takes the, uh, f- the right to defend ourselves out of the hands, firearms out of the hands of law-abiding citizens. It's not going to take them out of the hands of criminals. You know that. I know that. And so that's why we, the PatriotsUSA.org, is standing by. We are ready to do this. We'll do this in every state where it happens, every blue state, anywhere else that it happens. If this, they try to do this in California. They try to do this in New Jersey. Uh, we will be standing by, uh, ready to file a lawsuit against any governor that does this. That's why it's so important uh, that people support our work. Uh, we, we do have a Second Amendment legal fund at wethepatriotsusa.org. You can find that on our homepage uh, because we are we are trying to create uh, a litigation machine, basically, to fight back against these tyrants. This is – I want people to understand there's a bigger issue here. Because it's just not New Mexico. You're going to have every one of these radical um, governors try to do this. How does she justify using, I mean, what walk the audience say, what's her logic of trying to use a public health emergency, right, given how definitive the Supreme Court just was a couple of, uh, a, a short time ago? 
Yeah, I mean, we saw it actually um, specifically during uh, the pandemic that uh, when uh, people uh, in, you know, these governors like Newsom in California and, um, you know, in, in New York, we had Cuomo and then uh, Hochul uh, issuing these unconstitutional uh, orders. And the Supreme Court and Justice Gorsuch in particular very clearly said that, you know, you don't uh, the, the Constitution doesn't get set, a, set aside during a public health emergency. Uh, that was very clear uh, from the United States Supreme Court. She knows or presumably knows what the makeup of the Supreme Court is right now. Uh, it's not on her side. She's going to lose. But I think these people are just so brazen. They're so arrogant that they think somehow they can defy the Supreme Court and be Maybe she thinks she can be a state unto herself there in New Mexico and doesn't have to abide by the Constitution or by uh, by the uh, rulings of the Supreme Court. You know, she actually said something that was very disturbing um, in, in public comments recently. I think it might have been last week where she said, I think it was when she was issuing this, this order, that no uh, right is absolute. And even my oath that I swore to the Constitution is not absolute. There's exceptions to that. Now, uh, she may think that, but... When she was taking that oath, there were no exceptions in that, Governor Grisham. It's very clear the rights of the American people to keep and bear arms, to defend themselves, shall not be infringed. There are no exceptions. So, yes, this is their playbook now because they did get away with a lot. They got away with a lot of unconstitutional restrictions on our liberty um, during the pandemic when you have, uh, for instance, lockdowns, masking, um, travel restrictions, uh, people, you know, not being able to work without, you know, receiving a shot. I mean, it was it was just ridiculous, and they got away with it in the name of public health. But that needs to stop. Now that we're looking back on this and seeing um, the devastation that it has caused in so many lives, um, we we can't let this slippery slope go any further because they know that a disarmed population is a much easier population to control. And, 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 and we've known that, you know, we compare ourselves to other countries around the world. And what sets the United States apart is that we have this right enshrined in our Constitution that the people have a right to defend themselves, to defend their families. And we're not going to stand idly by while these communists try to take over our country and strip us of that very basic human right. I want to just go back through for the audience. <clears throat> How's this going to play out? How's this going to play out today and tomorrow? Well, like I said, we're asking for an emergency hearing. So we're hoping to get before a judge uh, as soon as this afternoon uh, or, or at the latest tomorrow morning. And we're hoping to get a ruling. Can I say for sure that the, the judge will give us a ruling within the next uh, 24 hours? No, that's not. Uh, it's at the discretion of the court. So I, I don't you know, I, we only have so much control over this. But we're going to do everything we can to push to get an emergency ruling uh, within the next 24 hours. And then hopefully, um, you know, if it has to go to the Supreme Court, um, if we, I believe the ruling is going to be in our favor uh, and then the state may appeal it. Um, and hopefully the Supreme Court would take it up on an emergency basis very quickly if that had to happen. Uh, hopefully we just get the ruling and she backs down. That's what she should do if she's smart. But. I, I I don't I don't dare try to predict what these people are going to do. Um, have the what are the sheriffs, particularly constitutional sheriffs, what are the sheriffs in New Mexico said about because they've got to implement this, they have to execute it. What what kind of feedback have we gotten from the sheriffs so far? 
Yeah. So one sheriff in particular, um, I'm trying to pull up his name. I got the I got a text about it yesterday and I'm sorry, I can't remember his name, but he said he's not enforcing it. He said, nope, I'm not enforcing it. It's unconstitutional. I swore an oath to defend and uphold the Constitution. And what you're ordering me to do flies in the face of that. I am not uh, going to uh, I'm not going to obey the order. I'm not going to enforce it. Uh, in 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 my jurisdiction. So God bless him and God bless any sheriffs like my friend yeah. Richard Mack, who I know is pushing back against this as opposed to this. Um, and uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it will not. Uh, I, I believe most of the sheriffs um, disagree with this, if not all of them. Um, will there be some that roll over and, and, and you know, allow this to, to go into effect? Sure. But um, I, I think in especially in places like New Mexico, in Arizona, in Texas, where you see people pouring over the border. You said 10 million people. I didn't even know. I hadn't heard that statistic. That's just, that's absolutely insane. 10 million I illegal immigrants coming to this country. And you know, not all of them, but within that, just like within any population, right, there are criminals. And these people aren't being tracked. And now the citizens, the residents of New Mexico aren't going to be able to defend themselves. That you go out to Albuquerque, uh, into the what? parks, like, Dennis yep. does and can't even this is this this is bigger than New Mexico because every one of these uh woke left wing Newsom and this whole crowd are gonna look at this. They're all gonna move on this. It's just like this fourteenth amendment nonsense with Trump. They're all gonna look at this and first of all they're gonna see how the sheriffs react. Number two, they're gonna then see how the, the courts and the media's all on their side already. Uh Brian, we're gonna cover this closely. How do people follow you, the lawsuit in your organization? So the best way to follow us is right at wethepatriotsusa.org. You can also find us on Twitter, on uh, Facebook, on Instagram, and on um, Telegram, We the Patriots USA news channel. We will be posting updates in there and sign up for our email list. You click subscribe or under contact at the top of our homepage. Uh, sign up for our email list and we will absolutely be sending updates as soon as we get a ruling. And I will let you know, Steve, I'll, I'll text you if we get a ruling. As soon as it happens, I'll let you know so that you can continue covering it. And again, we encourage people, if you can, we know these times are tough, but if you can make a donation to support our legal fund, our Second Amendment legal fund, it's right there on the homepage. Page. Thank you very much, Brian Festa. Look forward to uh, covering this with you guys closely. Okay, we're going to go back. Let's go back uh, to uh, Ground Zero and the reading of the names of the victims and the heroes on the attack on 9-11. On September 11th, we remember our loved ones lost what occurred here at the World Trade Center, at the Pentagon, and a field in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. But I like to remember what happened on September 12th. We got up. And we continue to get up. By coming here year after year. You can't keep Americans down. Because getting up is what we do best. On September 12th, I walked from upper Manhattan to this site nothing could have prepared me for the horror I witnessed standing on the west side highway amid the rubble of what was the two towers so with that in mind I'd like to extend a very special thank you to all of our first responders who came from far and wide 
but most especially the NYPD, the FDNY, the Port Authority Police Department, and these special men and women who we often sometimes don't even think as first responders, the iron workers. There's a lot to be nervous about out there. Open social media or turn on the news and all you see is crime and societal decay. A lot of people just run out and buy a gun and then it sits in a safe. If there's ever an emergency, they're not going to be prepared and run the risk of hurting themselves or others. There's no way around it. You need to train and you need to train often. Unfortunately, it's time-consuming to go to the range, assuming there's even one nearby, and ammo prices are through the roof. iTarget was invented so you could practice anytime in the safety and convenience of your own home. Simply download the iTarget Pro app, load your caliber-specific laser bullet into your firearm, and start training. Practice alone, compete with friends, or use it to safely train friends and family who are new to firearms. Go to itargetpro.com and get 10% off at checkout when you use offer code Bannon. This is the smartest, safest way to train, which is why competitive shooters trust dry fire training as part of their regimen. Get yours today. That's the letter itargetpro.com. That's itargetpro.com. Offer code Bannon. itargetpro.com. Action, action, action. Junior. Gerard Patrick Schrang. Jeffrey H. Schreier. John T. Schrader. Susan Lee Laspa Schuler. Edward W. Schunk. Mark Evan Schermeyer. John Burkhart Schwartz. Mark Schwartz. Adrian Victoria Sibeta. Rafael Skorka. And my soul sister and Ani Christina Songa Yuk. We grew up inseparable, and my heart weighs so heavy without you here with me today. Every day there are reminders all around me of you, and I often ask myself, what would Christina say about this? Working for Cantor Fitzgerald on the 104th floor of the North Tower, you did not survive. We have done our best to turn this tragedy into good by keeping your memory alive. Since 9-11-2001, we have had 27 students receive your scholarship to follow in your footsteps from Westlake High School to the University of Michigan. You would be so proud that your nephew Colin just graduated from U of M this past spring and your niece Evelyn just graduated from Westlake and my Mina started her freshman year there. I have taken my six kids back to Michigan to see all the places we ate, where we hung out, and hear all the stories about their Aunt Christina. Porter Library's Christina's Corner and the reading room at Westlake High School also keep your memory alive. A big thank you to Andrew, Rob, and all of our Westlake family for their constant efforts to ensure that our future generations will never forget about you or 9-11. Your legacy also continues on as your nieces Elise and Melanie have your name as part of theirs. Christina, you are an example of how one life, even in passing, continues to make such a difference. Your aunts and uncles, cousins, friends, Cleveland sisters, and Michigan sisters miss you so much. 
Above all else, your mom and dad miss you more than anything. They truly live for the day that they will meet you again. Your mama and appa said this, keep in peace until we get there, Songa. Let this day be a reminder of the good that can come from such a tragedy, the good that can come from one life loved and lost. A reminder of how our country came together as one to pick up the pieces and rebuild. Let us not be divided today, but stay humbled and reminded of the everyday love, compassion, and gratitude that roots us as a nation. We more than proved that we were capable of, of this on September 12th. I am humbled and honored to stand before you today. I am humbled and honored to hear the names of the many first responders who bravely marched up those tower stairs to try and save you and so many others. I am humbled and honored to hear the names of so many victims. Christina, we love you and we will never forget you or 9-11. God bless America, thank you. Okay, uh, our continued coverage, I wanna to go to Maureen Bannon. As a young girl, uh, we watched this uh, live, did we not, Mo? And uh, not too long later, you would end up in Iraq with the 101st Airborne. Tell us about it. We did, so I remember I was 13 years old on 9-11, and I remember exactly where I was that morning when I was woken up by my mom. And then you, mom, and I watched the events unfold that morning. And I want to remind the audience that today is about the 2,977 victims that perished on 9-11. But we also must remember those that have injuries and long-term effects from 9-11. You know, not... There, there have been many more deaths since 9-11 that we need to remember from that day, from the effects of that day. Uh, Mo, uh, did you ever think you'd end up in, a, as we watched that morning, that you would end up in Iraq, what, in 2000, uh, 2010-11? Did you ever think you'd end up in Iraq? Uh, I was there 2011, and I was part of the withdrawal out of Iraq, and... On 9-11, I was, like I said, I was 13 years old, and I knew on 9-11 that I wanted to be in the military. I mean, you, one of my uncles, one of my cousins had all served in the Navy. I knew that was something that I wanted to do prior to that, but 9-11 just drove into me that I wanted to defend our country, especially the country that was attacked, our homeland was attacked, um, and I, I knew that that was something that I wanted to do. I didn't think, you know, years later that that would happen. I wanted to enlist on 9-12, but you and mom had to remind me I was 13 years old. I couldn't convince anyone that I was 17 and that I could enlist, so I had to wait a little bit. Um, and, you know, going through high school, I realized that was something I wanted to do. I had to figure out the path in which I wanted to do it, and I was fortunate enough to go to West Point and then in 2010 commission. I knew entering West Point during a time of war that a deployment was a possibility. Um, I didn't know if it was going to be Afghanistan or Iraq. And then in 2011, once I finished my officer basic course, I got to my unit at Fort Campbell and then I deployed to Iraq and I was there. And like I said, part of the withdrawal. But back 22 years ago, I didn't imagine that I would be in Iraq, you know, 10 years after that. Uh Honey, how do people follow you on social media? 
you can find me on Getter and Twitter at Maureen underscore Bannon and also on Instagram at Real Maureen Bannon. Mo, uh, bravo Zulu. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Okay, we're going to continue. Thanks, hon. We're going uh, to continue. Go back to the reading of the names. Charlie Kirk, Jack Basova, we'll follow Rumi back here 5 to 7 tonight with live Sushi coverage. See you Shiratori. then. Thomas Joseph Schubert. Mark Shulman. C. Wong Shum. Alan Abraham Schwartzstein. Claren Shelley Siegel Schwartz. Joanna Sigmund. Diane T. Signer. Gregory Sikorsky. Fighter Fighter Stephen Gerard Siller, New York City Fire Department, Squad One. David Silver. Craig A. Silverstein. Nasima H. Simji. Bruce Edward Simmons. Diane M. Simmons. Donald D. Simmons. George W. Simmons. Arthur Simon. Kenneth Allen Simon. And my brother. You should choose an air purifier like your life depends on it. Because it just might. More than 35,000 wildfires have devastated the U.S. this year. The toxins and particles in wildfire smoke can penetrate our lungs and threaten our health. That's why EnviroCleanse developed military-grade air purification for your home. And they just announced their biggest sale of the year. Save a massive 30% off during their Labor Day sale. EnviroCleanse is specifically designed to wipe out airborne chemicals and viruses known to cause illness, allergies, and difficulty breathing. Even toxic gases and particles found in wildfire smoke are no match for EnviroCleanse. That's why the Department of Defense chose EnviroCleanse to protect the air on board our Navy combatants. And EnviroCleanse comes with a free professional air quality monitor so you know your family's breathing purified air. Now's the time to save 30% off your air purification unit. Get the free air quality monitor and fast free shipping. That's a 250 bucks savings. Visit ekpure.com and use code Steve. That's ekpure.com, code Steve. Let me repeat, ekpure.com, code Steve. ekpure.com, code Steve. Take action, use your agency, do it today, get the benefits of the sale. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. 
That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.